Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnick, accompanied by my favorite coworker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on once again. It's somehow week number 14 of the NFL. Man, this time is flying. It is, it is. And let's get right to it. Bills and Chiefs, the big game of the weekend. Obviously, we remember that epic AFC divisional game a couple of seasons ago where it was just lightning in the final two minutes overtime. Yeah. Bills trending in a little different directions than the Chiefs, though the Chiefs did lose to the Packers in a controversial game on Sunday night. But what are we looking at for the odds here, Robert? Allie, this one definitely moved. Uh, I opened up Kansas City as a two and a half point favorite. Glad I did. I uh, thought about three for a hot minute, but no, got bet down. And here we are now uh, at Showtime at one and a half. Kansas City is the favorite. The total moved up from the opener of 47 to 49. So this is kind of a trend for both teams. I'm going to backtrack that because the Chiefs have struggled as of late, Robert. You saw their loss to the Eagles. They've had some other losses during the year. And for me, it's not so much the defense, it's the offense. We saw when they lost to Denver. I'll give them that Pat Mahomes wasn't feeling good that game. But like in the game against the Eagles, they had some key drops. They fumbled. Uh, Travis Kelsey fumbled in the red zone. Valdez Scantling caught what should have been the game-winning touchdown. The Bills, I will say, can still put up points. And now that they have a new offensive coordinator, I have a little more faith in them. In this case, Robert, I don't think we're going to see that lightning power game we saw a couple seasons ago. I think it's actually going to be lower scoring than people think. And I do think it's going to end up coming down to a field goal. And then in that case, I'm going to take the points with the Bills. How about you? So that's actually a very, very good point. And it seems on paper uh, in the current situation that we have, meaning Buffalo on the road, um, and, and how much they've been averaging for and against. And then, of course, Kansas City is the home team here. They are almost neck and neck in terms of their performance, with the exception of one thing. That's Kansas City's defense. And that's one thing that I really think is going to make the big difference in this Kentucky matchup. Because what have we seen that's been a pretty constant thread if, if, with Buffalo, and especially specifically speaking to Josh Allen, has turnovers. So I think that that's going to be the key to this game. If Kansas City is able to cough up a positive variance in the turnover battle today, I think that that's actually what's going to make the big difference here and whether they're going to win or not. Uh, I think that the number is set probably a little too low. I actually think Kansas City wins and covers this one. Wow. Yeah, Josh Allen, that has been pretty much his whole career. He has the turnover. He does like to throw yeah. downfield a lot. He runs. He can fumble. And I wonder if that's something ever since Brian DeBall left, Robert. You know, I, I think yeah. he, he struggled. We look at J Daniel Jones's first season under DeBall, and he had his best season. He only had a handful of turnovers. How much do you think the offensive coordinator affects Allen's play? Greatly, <laughs> very greatly. That's the that's the thing that everyone wants to say. Why? What happened here? What's well, different? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a different offensive coordinator. It's clearly what has been the difference between last season's version of the Buffalo Bills and this season's. That is where we're seeing uh, a, a difference. And obviously, if you're going to have a quarterback that's going to be the key to your team, uh, you're going to have to have a coordinator that knows everything about him and all of his strengths and weaknesses. So that's where the difference lies. And that's why I think Buffalo's six and six rather than eight and four or heck even nine and three. 
Yeah, that that is a big difference. And they this is a must win for Buffalo. And that's why I also am going to be on them this week, because Robert, where they're sitting at at a 500 record, they need to win this game. They cannot bounce under 500. Like like this is a desperation game for them. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, no doubt. Right. And so we looked at what their schedule is going to be like before the season started and we started to break down our season win total episode. But this one, without a doubt, is 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 screaming. If you don't win here, you're you're probably going to be really, really in a, a precarious position to make the playoffs because after this, it's uh, hosting Dallas. That's going to probably be a pick them at the Chargers. That's going to probably be a pick them uh, hosting New England. They'll probably be a touchdown favorite. And then at Miami, uh, where I'm thinking they're probably going to be at least a, a field goal dog. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You win this one or no playoffs. All right, let's move on to the next game. Eagles and Cowboys, another big matchup from earlier in the year. I thought the Cowboys should have won that game. Dak Prescott set, stepped out of bounds and what probably he should have converted on a, a two-point conversion. There was also another a lot of misplays. Cowboys actually outgained the Eagles that game. What do we got here, Robert, for the odds? Yeah, we opened up Dallas as a three-point favorite and uh, moved up just a tick. Can you believe it? The Cowboys, three and a half points the better at home, uh, hosting the now 10-2 and two Philadelphia Eagles. The total, 51 and a half, Allie. So this is a game where if you look at the Cowboys' track record at home this season, Robert, they have blown out the competition. Like, it hasn't even been close. This is a rivalry game where I think the Cowboys have a chip on their shoulder from losing in Philadelphia. I really think the Cowboys are actually the better team than Philadelphia, especially on offense. We've seen, especially last week with the 49ers, they knew how to limit Jalen Hurts. And I, that was one of the reasons I picked the I picked the Niners to win and cover against the Eagles was that they know him better than anyone. They know him from that championship game. They know how to isolate him, and he didn't have a great offensive game, and they were completely blown out. I think the Cowboys know better this game. I think they step up on defense and are able to limit Hurts. Hurts. And on the other side, Dak is just playing at an all-time great level now, and I have been knocking him pretty much the entire the entirety of the last two or three seasons, so I am giving him a lot of props for stepping it up this year. I just think the Cowboys have so much confidence. I think this is a rough game for the Eagles to bounce back from a blowout loss in. So I'm taking the favorite home team, the Cowboys, both to win and cover. How about you? That's actually a, a very fair assessment of these two teams, which are uh, tops of the NFL. Forget about just the division, uh, you know, at 10 and two and nine and three. You're absolutely right. The one thing that I circled was just how amazing Dallas has been at home. Now, look, they've done what they needed to do. Right, they've they've played their opponents, they've played their schedule, and they've done quite quite well with it. Oh, that being said, six and zero currently on the season at home, including a five and one clip against the spread at home as well. They're averaging forty one points a game. That's tops in the entire league at home, only giving up fifteen point eight on a four game winning streak. They look as hot as anyone has in years. Uh, and, and this situation definitely plays very, very well in their favor. Three and a half, though, Ali, is the key number here. Are you okay still? And I'm going to ask again, are you okay laying that extra half point? Yes, because I like the home favorite. <laughs> if it was a home underdog, that's a little different. <laughs> yes. Love, 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 love taking home underdogs. 
However, in this game, I have no problem laying the points with the Cowboys. I really think that their offense is just on another level. I, I'm I'm all over the Cowboys. And this is a game, as a Giants fan, I wish both teams will lose. <laughs> or even, right. I mean, tie, because that's just as bad, in my opinion. <laughs> but no, I, I think the Cowboys actually win comfortably in this one. I think that this is a statement win for them. I think that the Eagles have been somewhat pretenders all year. I've been saying it all year that they're not the same team. They they won a lot of close games that I thought they shouldn't. So I'm back in the Cowboys, and I like the over on this one. What do you think of the total? Okay, so yeah, from a, from a total perspective, we definitely saw the Eagles exposed defensively last week, and it hasn't really been their strength pretty much all season long. Uh, it's a very high total, all things considered. We haven't seen many... Uh, totals in the 50s but that's actually already been baked into this number pretty pretty well uh i would think that they do get to that number i think that they reach it and go over it as well uh but i'm going to go and back the philadelphia eagles here only because of that extra hook so i will hope that this one stays close and ends up in a field goal kind of a decision late uh, but that's going to be my angle here. Uh, that I think it's going to be a bit closer, uh, and I think Dallas, I think Dallas does get the win here. But I think this one's going to be very, very close. So I'll take the extra half point. So I'll be taking here uh, the three and a half. All right, we started off great, Robert. We disagree on two games. <laughs> Let's see about this one: Seahawks and 49ers. What are we looking at? Yes, exactly. So this one's another divisional matchup that uh, finds both of them. Well, I mean, San Francisco, I'll talk about this one in a little bit. To set up the game, of course, we open this one up super high uh, at Zen Sports. 12 and a half points, San Francisco, the favorite. The total open 46. Uh, it's right around there. 46 and a half right now, Alex. I want to back the Niners so much, and I've been backing them almost every week because I think they are the best team in the National Football League. But... There's something to be said when you get blown out by a division rival and have to play them two or three weeks later. And that's exactly what happened to the Seahawks on Thanksgiving Day. They were completely torched by the Niners. They had a lot of injuries that game, Robert, and they haven't been playing well all season. I don't think they're that good of a team. But on, on the other side of the ball, San Francisco just came off of an emotional win, probably if you want to quote it until we get to the playoffs, their Super Bowl of the year. I think that there's a chance they just don't show up at with as momentum, with as flash. We've seen teams come down. This is almost like a trap game. I don't think Seattle wins, but I think they do enough to remain within a score. So I'm going to back Seattle to cover. How about you? Right. So I wanted to mention something about San Francisco. We really haven't talked much about this little legal pad here that I have that's been uh, had numbers scribbled up and down, left and right. Uh, with- which is my NFL power rankings. But Ali, I haven't seen a number this high in many, many years. I know they're nine and three, but I have San Francisco so much better than the number two team right. in terms of the NFL power ranks than, than I have in many, many years. So that being said, I it does say that they win by double digits, but man, it's so tough to think that you could just take a team that's six and six and is awfully competitive and just say, they're going to just get blown out by double digits. Well, that's what the point spread says. And actually my power ranks say that it's going to happen even more, but my logic is telling me, no, no, it can't be that much. I 
definitely think that the game stays a bit closer for one reason or another. I just see Seattle smearing this game down to a a, a grind where we see them stay within those double digits. I'm going to take the 10 and a half, even though it could have been 12 and a half. I still think the 10 and a half offers value for Seattle. So I think that they stay within double digits. Don't think they win. Uh, matter yeah. of fact, I'm going to say they're not going to win, but I love 10 and a half points. Give me 10 and a half with Seattle. And you always have that chance for a backdoor cover. And, and this is a division game where it's two, two opponents. One yeah. definitely is going to win the division. The other is, is most likely going to clinch a playoff spot. I I don't think Seattle's that good. I, I really don't. But again, there's a good chance that the Niners fall flat. That was a big emotional win for them last year. Not saying it's a knock against them to fall flat, but it's one thing to get up wanting to beat the Eagles, who you had to think about for an entire offseason yeah. and what, three months into this season, how you could have been in the Super Bowl if your quarterback couldn't get hurt and the Eagles trying to say they were better than you even with your quarterback. Well, they they proved everything about what should have happened last year. And I had, I've been saying that all year that if Brock Purdy doesn't get injured in that game, the Niners win that game, I think, handily. So, yeah, I agree with you, Robert. I think that this is going to be a closer game than it would look like on paper. I had no doubt San Francisco was going to blow them out two weeks ago on Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I'm with you. We finally agree on one. Yay. <laughs> Great. What about this one, Robert? The upstart Rams, who have been looked looking very good the past couple of weeks since Stafford's been back, and the Ravens, who... Even though Mark Mark Andrews is out, they they've won, but it's been kind of ugly games. What are we looking at here? Nice, I like this matchup a lot, and I'll explain in a little bit. I opened up Baltimore seven and a half, got bounced down to seven, up to eight, and here we are now at showtime seven and a half again. Uh, comes all the way around. The total opened high forty four, got constantly bet down until the point where we're at right now. Uh, 40. By the way, it got as low as 39 and a half. That is definitely the floor. So the total now 40, number seven and a half with Baltimore. So I'm sitting here in New Jersey. I had to come, uh, I had to go to Nashville for work last weekend. So I'm still in Jersey throughout this weekend, unfortunately, because it's freezing here. And I know that my friends have been yeah. 75 in Los Angeles, but we'll get to that another day. Anyway, the forecast calls for nothing but rain this weekend. And you might say, well, you're in Jersey. Well, Maryland's pretty much a state or two over and they're going to get tons of rain. What is that benefit, Robert? That benefits the running game. And we have just seen since he's gotten off IR, Karen Williams explode for the Rams. It's not so much Matt Stafford being back and Puka Nuka and, and what, and Nukua and all it, it's been Williams. And I think that if they can rely on him, it's going to be sloppy. The defense could be sliding all out there. I think this matchup favors the Rams I think they cover this one. I think that's way too many points for a Baltimore team that has kind of struggled on offense since Mark Andrews gone down. I This is one of my favorite picks of the week. I'm all over the Rams. How about you? This is actually great. Uh, I, <laughs> I want to go against you, but here's why I'm not. I also do like seven and a half points. Now, power ranks, right? Everyone wants to know what's in Robert's power ranks book. The Baltimore Ravens are so high up. Remember when I told you about how far San Francisco is from number two? Well, guess who's number two? Yes, it's the Baltimore Ravens. Wow, you have them that high. Yes, I actually thought early preseason I had Baltimore in the AFC Championship game. And, and then I wrote a note and beyond. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. I really, really do. 
Uh, this is one of those games where, yeah, by the way, Kieran Williams, talk about just like the, the Rams just find players and they produce so, so well when you have no, like who knew like before the draft or even, you know, after the draft, how well Puka Nakua was going to be. Or or Kieran Williams coming out of nowhere so much so that they just told Acres you know go you know have a walk, uh, but this is one of those games where the Ravens are going to show the Rams hey, you know that running game that you guys have yeah let me show you how it's supposed to be done mm-hmm. at a hundred and almost one hundred fifty nine rushing yards per game Baltimore leads the NFL in rushing yards per game, and it only gets even more intense at home. Uh, where they're averaging a little over 30 points a game and only giving up 15. Yes, LA, you're a red hot. You've won three straight. You've covered uh, your last two against the spread. And of course, the, you know both games have gone over the total. This is one of those games, though, Ali, where I think Baltimore basically says to the Rams, here's, here's how it's supposed to be done, and away we go. So from a point spread perspective, though, it's seven and a half. And I like that hook. So I'm going to be alongside your path. I want to follow your tracks as well. I think that the Rams keep it close, but they do not win. I think Baltimore takes the win here, but does not cover. All right. Let's move on to the last game, Robert, that I want to cover before we get into the rapid fire round. Yes. And that's our New York Giants Monday night against the Packers. What do we got here? Right. So this one, uh, (laughs) I thought it was going to be a bit lower, but no, we opened up the Packers six, went up to six and a half. That's kind of where it's settled right now with a total pretty low, 36. So I know everyone's been talking about the Packers the last two weeks. They looked very good against the Lions when they won. Same thing against the Chiefs the other night. But Robert, those games could have been two easy losses for them. And I'm going to tell you why. You looked yes. in the Lions game, all those turnovers, those stupid turnovers they had, you know, Jared Goff fumbling. It would, what was it? Dan Campbell going for it on fourth and four in their, their own territory. And then you look at the Chiefs where, listen, that should have been a pass interference call at the end of the game. That would have led to a Chiefs win. So for me, I think this number is a bit inflated. We know the Giants are coming off the bye. We know they struggled on offense, even with Tommy Cutlets at quarterback. But this is a game where just the spread is too high for me. I think that the Giants, with they rely on Saquon Barkley, I think DeVito's looked fine. Even if he struggled early on, Tyrod Taylor's back. He can easily step in for them. I think this is just way too many points for what I still think is a mediocre Green Bay Packers team. I don't trust Jordan Love on offense still. The Lions do not have a great defense, and they had a lot of injuries in that game against them. The Chiefs' defense hasn't looked good in, in the past few weeks. The Giants' defense, meanwhile, while they're not good, they have played better. They have limited their opponents to some to some single-digit numbers in the past few wins. So I I love my team here. I love them to cover. I don't know if we win, but six and a half is way too much, and this is going to be a very low-scoring game in my opinion. What do you think? You know, I've been wrong on both Green Bay and the New York Giants pretty much every week, and now they're playing each other. So this could only mean one thing. <laughs> this is not going to be a good one for me from a handicapping perspective. I, I like the spread because it's it's kind of settled where I thought it was going to be. So I'm happy with that. What I If I had to look at it from the other side of the counter, though, you know, by the way, Bears fans, I'm sorry, guys. But Green Bay has a quarterback. Again, 
They did it oh, again. Oh, don't, Robert. It's been two games. They did it again. <laughs> no, no, I'm not falling for that. I yes, yes. So. They did it again. He, he lost Christian Watson. He he hasn't had Luke Musgrave to throw to in, in the longest time. Uh, he really hasn't had much of an offensive line. He hasn't had a full slate or, or a full running back room pretty much since the start of the season. And yet they're still six and six. Imagine if he had all of that. Imagine I if think... Daniel Jones had all of that. <laughs> I'm What's serious. Daniel of... Jones had a great season last year and everyone still doubted him. I know he didn't do great this year, but his offensive line was pretty much like a, a, a pup it's, Warner. It was, so... Yes, it was a sieve. It definitely was. You're right, Allie. So, where am I going to go on this game? I think that if we look at it again, just for the body of work and, and definitely what I've seen out of Green Bay the last couple of weeks lends me to think that uh, they're going to pick up the win. Uh, but there, it, it this <laughs> a lot has to say with what's going to happen in the first quarter. Let's call it the first quarter for the New York Giants. Can they put this thing together? Allie, do you understand? This is a season now where the Giants have played five games at home. Allie, they're just a little bit better than a touchdown in terms of how many points they could score at home. 7.4 points is their average points for at home, giving up 18. It is just morass. It is like slogging through just just heavy, heavy swaps. (laughs) And I don't see a difference here in what's going to happen against Green Bay. So for that reason, I think that Green Bay definitely picks up the win. Is there a chance at a Giants cover? Small. I I, I want to say, let's just call it 30%. So if if I had to just go and, and give a decision on the point spread, six and a half. Yeah, I, I think they get there. I, I think that they'll cover the six and a half here too. All right, let's move on to the rapid fire round. You ready, Robert? Let's go. All right, Texans, Jets, what do we got? All right, opened up Houston high, five and a half. Got bet down to three and a half right now with a total 33. Uh, Zach Wilson's back. Um, <laughs> so do, I, do I want to back the Jets in this one? <sighs> Robert, I think there's a chance the Jets cover in this game. I know how, how well. <laughs> The Texans have been playing, but CJ Stroud has yet to face a defense like the Jets defense. There's a good chance that the Jets defense will step up now. They know that Tim Boyle's on the bench, who let's put be honest, they had no shot of winning with Tim Boyle. Nope. This is Zach Wilson's last chance. He has to step up. If he plays poorly, he's never gonna play and he's never gonna start an NFL game again in his career. I think there's a chance he does step up and plays decently enough to keep them within a field goal. So I'm going to hold my nose on this one. And you know, I love the Texans out there, (laughs) but I'm going to take those three and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to work reverse psychology here. Knowing that I need Houston to lose. I say Houston wins by a touchdown or more. And I'm going to even give you a, a final line in the box score for Zach Wilson, Uh, 141 passing yards two interceptions and a fumble uh that's exactly what's going to happen so houston by seven or more all right let's move on panthers and saints this one will be ugly what do we got (laughs) it'll be ugly but we're gonna dress it up as nicely as we can 
Carolina at one and 11 catching five in new Orleans. The totals 38. Yeah, this one as even though the Panthers covered last week and I had them covering, I just do not see them covering and I'm not a fan of the saints. I've been down on them all year. I, I, who's starting for them? Is it Winston this week? Is it Carr? It is going to be, uh, he's still concussion. It looks like it's going to be Winston still. So I actually think Winston gives him a semi better chance to win than Carr. I just don't think Carr can, can lead a team like that. Winston, he's just an inconsistent player. He'll show flashes of just bombing it down the field and connecting with his receivers. Then he'll, he'll throw a dim-witted touchdown. However, to me, the X factor in this game is Alvin Kamara. And I think he's going to run all over that the Panthers defense. I just don't see the Panthers scoring that much in this game. So I'm going to take the Saints. How about you? I have to take the Saints as well. We know the body of work that is Carolina. They're just not good. They're not good in any facet of this football game. They've lost five in a row. I mean, look, the Saints have lost three in a row as well. However, there's I mean, it's a Carolina is just getting blown out in every single game by 11 or more. Uh, in this particular situation, especially on the road, they're 0-7. I can't possibly take Carolina here. So I think the Saints win and cover. Carolina is one of those teams for the rest of the season. I will rather be wrong picking against them than be wrong picking them, if that makes so sense. So well put. Uh, no, it's so well put. You're absolutely right. All right. Colts and Bengals, Robert. What do we got here? Colts. So this game opened up with a Colts as a point favorite. Went down to pick. Uh, and depending on where you shop, you could either get that one or catch the one. But it looks like it's pick right now. The Bengals uh, and the total's 44. How about Jake Browning on Monday night, Robert? Yeah, it's actually an incredible performance from him. Um, something to keep in mind in the offseason as they have themselves uh, what probably is two bona fide quarterbacks. So I was a big fan of Jake Browning back when he was in the his Washington Huskies days. I Washington, did a lot of yeah. on him back when I was with Fox Sports and everything. I really like this kid. He stays cool and composed in, in the pocket. It was one thing a couple of weeks ago on a Monday night football game to get thrust into a division rivalry game against the Ravens. It's another to take on the Indianapolis Colts who, who even though they've put wins together, I, they're, they're nowhere near the talent level of the Ravens. I think he keeps it up rubber. I think this kid has all the confidence in the world right now. I think he has the backing of the Bengals who still have a shot at making the playoffs. I'm all on the Bengals right here. How about you? This is actually a a great game with a really great point spread is exactly the way I want it. Colts are won four in a row. They've also covered the last four. And it's really, really just gelled together because they've they've also are on their backup quarterback. Right. Seems like every team in the league is on their backup quarterback. Uh Colts have done something though where they have real consistency from key positions, and no one, and I mean no one, uh is Unhealthy, meaning they're they're coming into week number 14. Pretty much all systems go. No injuries that were key from last week. Uh, and so I think that we're going to see a bit of a glass slipper slip here. I think that the Indianapolis Colts do pick up the win and find a way for Browning to get into positions that he won't be comfortable with. That's going to lead to some key turnovers. So I think the Colts pick up the win here by, uh, let's just call it a field goal or more. Well, you do have a little bias in this game, too. <laughs> I may. All right. Next one, Bucks and Falcons. What do we got? This is another really close one. We opened up the Falcons one, uh, and the Falcons are still a one-point favorite. The total's 40. Oh, so this one, I, another ugly game. 
I would be comfortable taking the under. I think the Falcons and the Bucks both struggle to score. We saw their their messy game a few weeks ago where the Falcons pulled out the win, though the Bucks outgained them. I think the Bucks bounce back this game. I think they do enough to win. I would be more comfortable taking the over, but if I'm going to lean in one direction, it's the Bucks. How about you? Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm going to side with you here as well. I, I just feel that they put it together well enough to keep things very, very close every single time out. Uh, and I actually think Tampa's just a notch better than Atlanta on all facets, offense, defense, and special teams. By the way, they're also 5-1 and one against the spread uh, on the road this year, which is the current scenario as well. Uh, yep, it's going to be uh, two completely different games. One team's just going to rush as much as they possibly can, which is Atlanta. Uh, and then uh, Tampa's going to probably you know pass a little bit more. It'll be balanced. Yeah, and I think that Tampa does pick up the win here, and so I think it's going to be a win and a cover money line bet here. All right, let's talk about more backup and third or fourth string quarterbacks, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Jaguars and Browns, what do we got? Oh, my goodness. Yes, they are. I don't know what level down the ladder they are right now. However, uh, when we did realize, and we opened this game up, by the way, obviously, uh, before Monday Night Football, uh, and so we actually had Jacksonville pre-injury to Trevor Lawrence as a three-point favorite. Well, it's completely flipped. Six points. Cleveland is now the three-point favorite. The total, 30 and a half. Well, we got Joe Flacco playing. I mean, let's go, yeah. right? <laughs> I do like yes, the Browns do. in this one. I do like v- v- Flacco's veteran presence. I do love the Browns' defense. I think they, they do enough to cause, you know, see C.J. Beathard to Beathard. turnovers. He's going to be without top receiver Christian Kirk. Uh, this one to me is uh, Browns. Is it's? I won't say it's a top play because you can never trust backups. But I, I love the Browns right here. How about you? Yeah, I I would venture to say the exact same thing. Irregardless of who Cleveland's quarterback is, their defense has been top, top, top notch. Especially at home where they're giving just a little bit more than ten points a game. Really, not much more for me to break this one down. I think the defense is what absolutely plays itself into this one. Uh, a lot of turnovers is what I expect to see, but I think Cleveland ends up getting on the positive side of the ledger here. So I think Cleveland does pick up this win, cover the spread as well. All right, Lions, Bears. What are we looking at, Robert? So Detroit, three and a half points, the better. And the total is 43, Allie. So this is one I found interesting. Part of me was kind of being sneaky and was like, I'll take the Bears. But then I remembered how they lost to the Lions a couple of weeks ago where the Lions just, came back double digits, couple minutes to play and just tore them apart. One thing I like about the lions is they play with a chip on their shoulder, even with their record. That's why I was so confident last week in them, Robert, that they were just going to blow out the competition, which they did. They covered pretty easily. This to me is the same kind of thing. I think that they are going to stampede all over the bears. I'm not, I'm still not buying the bears. They were lucky to win the game. What with, with how many field goals a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. I just don't see them scoring that scoring that much. I'm still not a believer in Justin Fields. So three and a half points, I will gladly lay with the Lions. How about you? You know, and that's the thing, right? They just Detroit just played the Saints, right? And they came out covering that one. I think that the Saints are significantly better than the yes. Bears. And so I don't really see much more to chop up other than that. Uh, there's not going to be much that Chicago can do about Detroit's offense. I think that they get their points. They'll probably end up somewhere in the 28 to 31 point version of, of how I think this game will play itself out. I don't think Chicago gets there at all. 
Uh, three and a half is a very good number to lay on the road here. I think I'd back the Lions here rather than Chicago as well. All right. Another ugly one. Vikings Raiders. What do we got? <laughs> the Vikings on the road as a three point favorite in Las Vegas. The totals 40 and a half. I I cannot back the Vikings in this game. I, I just Joshua Dobbs. I was never on the Joshua Dobbs train. There's a reason why I said he's bounced from training camp to training camp through all these years. He had one or two nice games, but he looked terrible in the last game he played. The Raiders, meanwhile, since Antonio Pierce has come in as head coach, have played with some motivation. They've had they have kept games close. I actually think the Raiders win this one outright. What are you taking, Robert? So that's actually a, a very good take. The, I, I want to see. I mean, the, the Raiders at some point have to write this to, and get to scoring 20 points, right? I mean, on the season, they're not even averaging 17 points a game. I think that this is where they can get Minnesota exposed. Uh, the question, as we still see it here when we're recording, is uh, Justin Jefferson. It seems like he's going to play, but what version of Justin Jefferson are we going to see when he does come back? And is it going to make that much of a difference uh, in the way this game plays itself out. Don't know. Um, home dog catching three. I'm going to go with you here as well. Uh, it's very difficult for me to to lay points on the road unless you're really, really superior, much like the last game, like we yep. talked about totally you know, agree. with the Lions and Bears. Uh, I'll take the points here as well with you. All right, Browns charge. Uh, no, Chargers. Uh, I have a missed typo. <laughs> oh, Broncos. Yes, you <laughs> began with the with the B. Broncos, Chargers. <laughs> who do we got here? Yes, the Chargers. Not a field goal favorite. It's only two and a half. The totals forty four. Chargers seem just like a team I want to keep backing, and they just keep letting me down. Uh, and and Denver is a team that I didn't like backing at the beginning of the year, and then I started backing, and they haven't been letting me down. I'm going to go the other way and I'm going to try the chargers again, just because I think they do play better at home. Brandon Staley's job is on the line. I don't think that has much of a, of a difference in this one. It's just that I think on paper, the chargers are still a better team offensively speaking than the Broncos though. That Cortland Sutton, Russell Wilson connection is looking very well. Yes. Robert, this is one. It's just, it was just tough for me to make out and I'm just going to go at two and a half points really doesn't make it too much of a difference for me. Maybe it was, if it was three, I'd reconsider Denver, but I'm going to take the chargers. How about you? Boom. You just said it, Allie. I was, I was, you, you took the words right out of my <laughs> yes, mouth. There we go. If it, if it was three. Right. And so that's why it's not right. This is like one of those bookmakers. They, they call them traps. Right. So this is one of those games where I say, you know, if I go to three, I know I'm going to get nothing but Broncos money, nothing but, but it's two and a half. And suddenly there's pause. Well, don't pause, pretend like it's three, because honestly, who's the better team here right now, especially the last three games, you could definitely go ahead and just go back that far. I think we're going to see more turnovers from the Chargers than the Broncos. I think that's going to make the difference here. This is one of those very, very few and far in between upset alerts on the road. I think Denver does pick up the victory here. All so right. I definitely like him at plus two and a half. Last one, Robert. Second Monday night game, Titans and Dolphins. What do we got? Oh, so many injuries. I can't even count. Yep. But the Dolphins, 13 and a half points, the better. The total is now 46. I just I don't even know if how the Titans stay within striking distance of the Dolphins. The Titans, they look good against mediocre to bad teams. This team isn't mediocre to bad. It's a very high potent, high scoring offensive unit. The Tex the Titans defense, while they're not terrible, 
I just think there's no way they're going to stop Tua and Tyreek, Waddle. It's it's not going to happen. I don't think 13 points is nearly enough. Dolphins win in a blowout to me. How about you? Dolphins do win in a blowout. Obviously, look, uh, the Dolphins 5-0 and straight up in their last five, 4-1 and against the spread. Tennessee's the exact opposite. They've lost six straight, 1-5 and against the spread, only averaging 11.7 points per game on the road. This one might get wrapped up by halftime. I think that the Dolphins win by two touchdowns or more as well. Not much else to say there. All right, Robert, thanks for joining me today. Thank you, the audience, for listening in. And before we sign off for our any last thoughts or words for the audience? Allie, and thank you. I had a lot lot of fun breaking down these games. I hope the listeners have as well. You could find, of course, all of these games. Side total money lines will have plenty of props on players in these games as well. Where else? Right on the betting platform, zensports.com. All right. Well said, Robert. Everyone, enjoy your football Sunday. Take care.